And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show for you here today. I was joined by my good friend Aaron Bandler. It's always a great time talking to Aaron. Uh, we discussed President Biden's horrific, no good, very bad uh, first what is it, five or six days now in office. Uh, not a lot of good stuff to report today. <laughs> I warn you in advance. And obviously we talked about uh, you know, we talked about the, the Super Bowl. We previewed the Super Bowl. We, uh, we, we discussed a lot of other stuff as well. So I think you guys will enjoy it. Guys, before I get to Aaron, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. All right. Without further ado, the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with the great Aaron Bandler. Aaron, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing pretty great. Brady, how about yourself? I'm doing just fantastic. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. So, look, um, obviously we have a ton to get to, as always. Uh, we're going to be discussing Joe Biden's horrific first, what, five days now <laughs> in office. Yeah. Uh, but, look, we, ha- we have to talk a little football first. Um, so, obviously, we're getting the evil empire versus Sauron um, <laughs> in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. I really don't know who I'm supposed to root for here. Uh, I think me, along with most other sports fans, were, were hoping either the Packers or the Bills would win one of their games yesterday just to give us one solid underdog to root for. But, I mean, look, man, like, rooting for Tom Brady or the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, I mean, Tom Brady's just the bad guy in every movie. And the, the Chiefs, I mean, it's like going to Vegas and rooting for the house to win. So, like, <laughs> what, what are we supposed to do here as NFL fans? Yeah, I mean, I, I can only speak for myself here, but, I mean, the way I view it, it's like, am I rooting for the team that, like, that rips the heart out of last year's Super Bowl because they beat my team, the Niners, in a heartbreaking fashion. Um, and the other, the other side, you have Brady, who, if he wins the Super Bowl, then then the, the debate over him being the GOAT is over for sure. You know, it's like, I'm still among the people who say Joe Montana is, is, is the GOAT. Um, but if Brady beats Mahomes, then I, I would have to concede that, he's, that Brady's the GOAT. And I really don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why I'm inclined to to root for the Chiefs, just lesser two evils type scenario. But that's only just I was talking about for me personally. I was a Niners fan. Um, as as NFL fans, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would still be inclined to say the Chiefs <laughs> just because you know Brady's won. You know, I mean, I mean, Brady's won six rings. Like he's 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 he's, he's you know he's he's had his due already. Although I can understand why some might want to, you know, some might want to root for the Bucks because you know they haven't won since 2002. So, I don't know. I mean, this is the absolute worst case scenario for anybody that enjoys sports media, and we both do. Yeah. And man, I mean, sports media is going to be insufferable either way. I mean, they're like they're just obsessed with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, they've already. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is what like twenty four, twenty five years old, and they've already declared yeah. him like the best athlete of all time which is just ridiculous. And then, yeah. uh, of course, if Tom Brady wins another one, I mean, they're only going to talk about Tom Brady 
until September. So like, there's no, it's bad. It's just bad. There's no, there's no good option here. Like, I know the Super Bowl can't end in a tie, but it's like I really, I really don't want either one of these teams to win a Super Bowl. It's just, it's yeah. It's like, can can they both lose? Is that that an option? Man, I mean, can you not uh, kick a field goal with two minutes left when you're down two scores in the NFC Championship game? Yeah, I I still can't believe that happened. I mean, like, Matt Lafleur has just been skewered. Yeah. Up and down social media. You know, Aaron Rodgers clearly what, what clearly wasn't happy with it either. Not happy. You know, I, I, I don't. Happy. I mean, that's I, I, it's very Dan Quinn like, honestly. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, look, man, I get that. Like, what's his name? Matt Lafleur. Is that his name? Yeah. I look. I know he's forgotten more about football than you and I will ever know. Like, he's obviously a good coach. He went like thirteen and three this year. So, like, I mean, I get like. Let me preface it by saying that, but it's like. Dude, <laughs> like I was sitting there watching the game with yeah. my dad, and my brother, and we're like, "What? Like, <laughs> what? what? Yeah, like, what? Like, such what bizarre like, decision making. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand." Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, real quick, before we get to the news, uh, obviously other NFL news: Matthew Stafford, the great quarterback from Detroit, is on the trading block. As a 49ers fan, Aaron, I'm guessing you would take him for a first rounder in an instant. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, I. I, there are a lot of Niners fans who just completely turned on Jimmy this year, which I can, I'm, I, I, because the thinking is, look, you know, you watch Rogers, you watch Mahomes, and Josh Allen, these playoffs, and just like, I mean, can't can't we do better than this? Which is like theoretically, yeah, we could. Um, and Stafford would be an upgrade over, over Jimmy. He's got a better arm than than that Jimmy does, and he's he's more durable. And I know people are kind of like, well, he's 0-3 in the playoffs, which is true, but it's like he's never really had a good team in Detroit. So it's just been him and a bunch of, and a bunch of scrubs. You know, as, I mean, granted, they had Megatron for a while, but, you know. Um, but there's no question that in, in Shanahan's system, with all those weapons, with Debo and Ayuk and George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, there's no question that Stafford would just thrive in Shanahan's system. And so I, I would love to see that happen. Um, but if it doesn't, and they stick with Jimmy, then that's fine too. They, they, they just need to they need to beef up the quarterback depth, you know, because unfortunately Jimmy has not been able to has had a has an injury history, and so obviously Beathard and Mullins aren't good enough to no. you know, to, to, to kind of, to kind of keep it going without him. So they need to sign a veteran quarterback um, as a backup, and then draft someone. Um, I'm hoping that you know, provided that that they don't trade for Stafford. Um, then I'm hoping Trey Lance can fall to them at 12. Um, and because I, I think Trey Lance is very Josh Allen like, and so, so he, he can get a year or two to, to develop behind Jimmy. You see that um, kid? You see that kid from uh, B, BYU? Who's no, that that's Zach Wilson, who who looks really good too. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think he'll be there at 12, which was the Niners pick. So, um, I did not follow college football this year at all. <laughs> okay. I, know, I don't know. I don't know any of these guys. I know uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. That's all I got for the NFL right, draft yeah. this year. And, and, they're, and they're probably going to go like one and two. Right. All right, look. Um, we're going to get to Biden in a second. Real quick, I and you might completely disagree with me on this. I just wanted to bring up a point before we get to the news of the week. Completely out of left field. Um, just, just to get your thoughts, Aaron. And a uh, friend of the show, Austin Peterson, for anybody that don't remember him he is a former uh republican senatorial candidate in missouri he also ran for president as a libertarian in 2016 uh good guy but anyway 
Um, I saw Austin Peterson tweeting over the weekend about his local gun shop in Missouri, uh, who posted online over the weekend that they are no longer selling guns to uh, to Joe Biden supporters. I don't know if they're you know being serious or, or not, or if they kind of posted it as a joke, but um, they're they're getting skewered by leftists online right now. N- not really sure why, because Democrats think guns are icky, so like, <laughs> I don't really see the problem. But like. My initial thought was, man, this is what the second civil war is going to look like. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us on the right have been predicting for years that the second civil war will be cultural, right? Like we're not going to start shooting at each other. At least I pray that it never happens. But, you know, a lot of us thought, you know, the, the second civil war, so to speak, for lack of a better term, will be like conservatives trying to retake the culture or something like that. And I don't necessarily think that's true. I think not that we shouldn't try to retake the culture. We should. But I think the culture is almost too far gone at this point. Um, I think the second civil war will be economic and it will happen when the right gets tired of being canceled by the left, right? They, they're they're When we get tired of being abused by the leftist corporations and decide to fight back, I could see like a complete balkanization of our economy down the road. If the left doesn't quit, right? If the left doesn't lay down their arms, so to speak. What, what do you think? Am I way off here? No, I mean, I, I would just, I, I think, I think that I think we're already seeing um, the right getting tired of, of, of all of all this cancel culture stuff, where it's just like if you so much as 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 like read something that doesn't go against the, the leftist woke dogma, then that's it. Like you're like like you're canceled. You're done. Um, and I think that I think the only natural response, I mean, outside of just showing solidarity with those who have been canceled, is just, is to start fighting fire with fire and trying to cancel the left too. So. I think, I mean, whether or not that that, that that gun store was being facetious or not, I mean, the point is that I think you're probably right. The more of that's going to start happening, the more the left doubles down on on, on cancel culture. And, you know, so I, I, I feel like that, yeah, there, there, there will be an economic component to this sort of cultural civil war. Um, although I, I would say that it's part, it, it's, it's just kind of brought, it, it's, it would be part of the broader sort of civil a civil cultural cold war i would say you know i call it cold war because like it's hopefully not gonna be any shooting at at, at each at, at each other but it, but there's gonna be more there's gonna be more ostracization there's gonna be more balkanization as as you know as tribalism sort of goes on the rise you know it, 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 more like more people who think of like are just gonna congregate amongst themselves and you know, and yeah, it's going to cause further, further division, um, and that never really ends well for a for a society. So, but at this point, like I don't see any other real path because there has to be. Unless it's not going to stop with the cancel culture. It's just not, especially now with now with Biden, they're emboldened. So they so there's there's going to have to be some fighting fire with fire, some mutually assured destruction in order to get it to stop. Yeah. So it's, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, I think you're right. And even to take it a step further, I just don't think—I mean, is this avoidable? Like, I, I don't even think it's avoidable at this point. I, I just don't, I don't think, think— I don't think it is either. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's like I said, like, that's not going to stop. Yeah. So I, the only way to make them stop is to just kind of make them feel the consequences of their own logic. Yeah. I mean, like, they, the only way we avoid this, this balkanization economically— is if the left lays down their arms, if the left decides to knock it off and to stop trying to beat up conservatives at every step of the way. I mean, they're not going to do that. Like, why would they? I mean, they, they've never been punished for it. They they won the last election. They're emboldened. 
you know, with with Biden and Harris in office. I just I don't I don't like what I'm seeing, Aaron. <laughs> like I, I think I don't, this like, is gonna, I don't like what I'm seeing either. Yeah, because it's like if we take this to its reasonable conclusion, it's like what, what is any area of the economy spared theoretically from this? I mean, like. The left doesn't want us banking at certain banks. They don't want. I mean, there's already even like as of now, like you're not allowed to buy a gun uh, using PayPal. You know, uh, what happens when PayPal or, or some of these these companies expand on? You know, it's not just their anti-gun propaganda. They they you can't buy what whatever a, a MAGA hat <laughs> with or, or something like that. that. Whatever the next version of of a, a MAGA hat would be, you can't buy that with PayPal. You know what I mean? Like. I think they're going to escalate this to the point where fighting fire with fighter is the only option. I, I think we're really going to be backed into a corner here sooner than yeah, later. Yeah, right. And I think as you, as you kind of mentioned earlier, is that there's, that there's, that the logical endpoint is that is that eventually people on the right won't be able to have like you know their own sort of banking. Right. You know, that's like a bank starts saying like, no, if you can't, you can't, you, 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 can't probably, you can't keep your money with us because you're on the right. You know, and then what happens? You know, it's it's like that. That's why. Like when you see when you see like Facebook and Twitter deplatforming de- de- people, or like what Amazon did with Parler, which I think is really scary. Yeah. Because all all the big tech companies kind of colluded to make that happen. Yeah. Uh it's it's like a, 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 people are kind of like, oh well, it's a private company. They they they, they can do what they want. Um, which which I suppose is true as far as it goes, but that, that kind of that that's that sort of deflects from the larger point. Which is that in order to have a society based on freedom, you need to have a you need to have a culture that's based on freedom too, you know. So if Facebook and Twitter are, are are supposed to be like the public square, so to speak, where people can speak their minds freely, and if you can't do that, then that's if they're going to start saying like what you can or can't say because of like quote unquote disinformation or incitement or or or, or whatever. And by incitement, like, I understand that there's a sort of First Amendment. The first thing it doesn't apply to like real incitement, you know. But but now that now after what happens, um, with, on, you know, on the Capitol earlier in the month, it's like now incitement is being used very very loosely, you know. And it's and obviously like what happened in the Capitol was disgusting. It was wrong, but if, but but now but now people are acting like if you so much as questions like the voting laws, the change to voting laws that, that, that took place, like that that amounts to incitement, which which it isn't. Um, and, and so what's happening now is that because is that because this information and segment are used so loosely to try and silence people that you know then it's not a matter of time before that stuff in the culture bleeds over to the government. And normally it doesn't take very long for 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 tyranny in the culture to to seep to metastasize into tyranny by a government. And once it's tyranny by a government, then it's very hard to. To, to, to turn back from that scary stuff and i mean you're you're 100 correct obviously um let, let's 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 talk about biden's first week in office uh i mean it's not well first week first five days <laughs> joe biden's first week isn't even over yet and it's already been an unmitigated disaster for anybody who loves freedom and prosperity <laughs> i mean biden went right to work reversing most of the good things trump did via executive order i mean let's start let's start here Aaron. like the, the war on energy. I mean, oh God. Biden has taken direct aim at the American energy sector, at American energy independence. Yeah, I mean, like he 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 stopped the Keystone building the Keystone pipeline, which is so stupid to begin with. Like, I honestly forgot that was even an issue um, because Trump had just. I think it's like the first things he did in office was to 
was circling the Keystone Pipeline, and I, I just, you know, it, it kind of fell out of the public eye. But now Biden just stopped it for really no good reason. No. And and the environmentalists try to claim that oh it's polluting like no like like there's a stop with that like there's no the Keystone Pipeline is perfectly safe to, to to build. We have lots of pipelines under underneath their very feet that. That transmit water, sewage, oil, and so forth. Like it's there's no it's no issue with it. Um, and then Biden's and and so now with it, with with that being paused, outside of the energy effects, it also there's also a lot of jobs being lost. And the Biden administration is kind of like, eh, you can get a job elsewhere. And of course, those those people are kind of like, well, but where? You know, like the economy's not great right now. Um, and and on top of that, now the Biden administration is putting a pause on drilling on all federal lands, which which is, you know, those of us who voted for Trump, like we warned about this. And Biden kind of admitted that that, that he was going to hint that he was going to do this. But people were kind of like, oh, Biden didn't say he was going to ban fracking. But it's like, well, now, well, now we're seeing him doing a full on pause on federal lands. And yeah, that is going to be a major issue going forward with 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 energy because under Trump we had basically become energy independent. Yeah. Thanks to fracking, because 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 Trump Trump administration, um, they, they basically let the they, they let federal lands be used for, for for drilling, and that I mean, firstly that outside of their lower energy costs are are obviously very good for for us for obvious reasons, but. It also has national security implications because, 100%. because you know, Iran, Russia, even Saudi Arabia, which we're now sort of allying with, like they all, they all rely on oil, and so if we're energy independent, then that's bad for for those guys. Yeah, um, I mean, th- this decision to cancel the, you know, well, you know, to stop fracking and especially to cancel the the Keystone XL pipeline. I mean, yeah. it only benefits Russia and OPEC. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. there's no—it doesn't benefit the environment at all. I mean, we're still going to be transporting oil and natural gas, but we're going to be loading it onto the back of tractor trailers and driving it across the country. I mean, that that pollutes the environment a hundred times I, more I, than I a, say, that yeah, a pipeline even, even does. More so than that, more so than the pipeline does. Yeah, it's it's completely counterintuitive, you know. But this is the issue when we're talking about environmentalists, you know, because they're really Marxists. Just we kind of dress it up as environmentalism. Um, it's 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 not really a war. It's not really about protecting the environment. It, it's about trying to undermine capitalism. And, and and if you look at if you look at those who who are who are hardcore in, like enviro status, like they they don't hide it. it, it there's so there, there's actually a movement called um it, it's it's called the degrowth movement where they basically say you know we want to end capitalism by through environmental uh, under the auspices. Environmentalism. Right. They don't hide it. You no. Know? It, 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 you know, but the, but it's but for everyday Americans, you don't have the time to look into this type of stuff. Like it's very. I can see, you can see the alert of like, oh, you know, protect the environment, protect protect the birds, protect the, protect the fish, whatever. You know, but even even though like it's it's hardly ever that black and white. No. Um. You know, and, and so it's because of this fanaticism that it's just it doesn't matter that the Keystone Pipeline being being canceled could result in actually more pollution because it's it's not about an environment. It's about it's it's about trying to undermine capitalism and, and eventually move us towards socialism. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, uh, Biden is also reversing Trump's troop drawdowns in the Middle East. He's pledging to send more troops uh, back into both Iraq and Afghanistan. And then on Saturday morning, a convoy of over forty 
armored vehicles uh, entered Syria from Iraq, so we're reinserting ourselves into the Syrian civil war. That's fantastic. Um, I mean, look, man, I swear, it's like this guy, Joe Biden. It's like he was built in a lab to piss me off. <laughs> I mean, it's like, this guy's like, okay, like, what can I do to make Brady Leonard go ballistic on the No Gimmicks podcast? I mean, you you destroy America's energy independence, and then you send a bunch of troops back to the Middle East. It's like, are you just... Are you just trying to be evil? Are you are you like are you just trying to destroy everything? Are you are you just trying specifically? Is your intention to destroy all the progress we've made over the last four years? It's like my goodness, this guy was built in the lab to, to get under my skin, Aaron. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm rather with you, and I'm I'm probably more hawkish in foreign policy than you are, but but even still, it's like troops the troops in Iraq. It's just it's just like well, like haven't we like like this is done? You know, like we. Like we, I, I, ISIS is basically gone now. Thanks to Trump, um, I mean there, there should be more focus on Iran, on Russia, on China. But it's, but now with Biden, it's, it's like all of that is kind of out the window now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I mean, Biden, Biden has openly said that like he doesn't believe you China is the enemy, um, and and under Obama, like Putin kind of said, "Well, do what he wanted." It won't be any different under Biden, and and and. Now it's it's like I I'm still a matter of time before they, they re-enter the Iran deal, um, yeah. which is going to be a disaster, disaster. for the Middle East, a disaster on so many levels. Um, and so it's so Biden's foreign policy priorities are just all they're all messed up, and it's 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 now back, it's really back in line with foreign policy establishment thinking, but which is the thinking the thinking now is just kind of like it's like well if now that we're in the Iran deal I mean we're not I mean what I mean is like. Before Trump left, the thinking was, was well, not on the Iran deal, we'll just enforce it, which is stupid. I mean, that is like full-on stupid thinking because they, because the Iran deal, the Iran deal, even if Iran wasn't violating the Iran deal, which they are, um, the Iran deal explicitly makes it so Iran has time to build up kind of like a war chest, and then all the restrict, the so-called restrictions are just evaporate after like 10 years it's just adorable it's it's just adorable that the left they spend four years calling donald trump a puppet of vladimir putin i mean i look not to go not to be super hyperbolic here aaron but if vladimir putin was advising joe biden these last five days would he have suggested he do anything different nope i mean like literally when when it comes to the energy stuff when it comes to like dude joe trust me vladimir putin wants a bunch of american troops dying in in afghanistan and iraq he wants us occupied, spending money, blood and treasure in Afghanistan and Iraq. Vladimir Putin does not want an energy-independent America. Okay, I mean, like, right. He is celebrating. He's drinking all the vodka in Moscow right now, yeah. looking at these decisions by, by our new president. Yeah, and, and also, like, Iran and Russia are—I mean, they do, business, they do business with each other. And even China and Russia like, now have, have, have become— I have have become close to diplomatically over the past few years. So it's in Peter's interest to have to have, you know, America not focused on Iran and China and taking measures against them, which Trump was doing. And now Biden's going to undo all of that. Um, it's going to be a very turbulent 40 uh, four, uh, four years. And that's and we're not even going to discuss, you know, what happens at the Senate nukes the filibuster. Because if that happens, then it's just game over. Game over. You know, basically right now we just have, we just have to hope that Mansion doesn't fold on the filibuster. Like that's it. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, unfortunately, like guy, unfortunately, I'm not in the business of trusting Democratic politicians. <laughs> I know, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows, man? Maybe maybe our boy, our boy uh, Joe Manchin will do the right thing. I, I wouldn't hold my breath, though. But I mean, neither. On some of these other executive orders by, by the president, there are certain things that Joe Biden's done this week that serve absolutely no purpose other than to kick sand in our faces. Really. I'm like, I don't know if I'm missing something, but it just feels like Joe Biden's making fun of us. I mean, by executive order, Biden canceled the 1776 commission, which was Trump's counter yeah. to the, the evil New York Times uh, 1619 project. And he also issued an executive order mandating that schools let boys compete in girls' sports. <laughs> okay, so like, there's no nobody except for like the weird, like, like bizarre, like trans mafia on Twitter which is like five people, like nobody yeah. actually is in favor of this, right? Like there's no purpose for it, rationally speaking. All it does is destroy women's sports, right? Like the only benefit for the Democrats is that they get to insult our intelligence, right? Like, like you have to Pretty think, nice. like, you have to think, but it's like, yeah, I almost admire that, man. Like you, you almost have to admire about that about the Democrats. Like these people fight dirty, man. Like they go for the knockout. Like they, they are vicious, knife fighters and when republicans are in power they're just not i mean they, they don't we don't fight the way they do i mean you almost have to admire the just the 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 gall on these people right and and, and also i forget that biden also decided to rejoin the who oh of he's course because the they've done a, just a terrific job over the last year yeah yeah i guess so right uh and and also rejoin the paris climate accords um but but yeah but and I think I also saw I also saw a stat about how like Biden's executive orders like this this past week have have, have like easily dwarfed like Trump's executive orders even in Obama's executive oh, yeah. orders yeah and in the same time frame so it's like yeah he's governed by executive order he, he's going to do just like Obama did in his second term where it's just executive orders you know screw Congress you can't stop me. Yeah, it's just, it's just so funny. And like you said, Obama's second term, and that's that's an important distinction. I mean, um, obviously, he's only been president for five days, but as of now, he's issued more executive orders than, uh, than Donald Trump, Barack Obama, or George W. Bush combined in their first week in office. Exactly. And so it, exactly. It, it is funny. It is interesting, too, and it shows the thinking of this administration that they're not even pretending to care about Congress. I mean, they, they, they're just going to govern— via executive order i don't think they they plan on getting anything done congressionally yeah i mean i mean i mean they'll, they'll certainly try to get the filibuster nuked and like i said we'll see what happens with that yeah, we'll see but but if it doesn't get nuked and god willing it doesn't um then yeah they'll probably just go to my executive order and they'll just say like fine like try and stop us and it's like i mean the certainly, certainly like the congress as it stands out won't do anything about it like well the courts like i i don't know it's like yeah we we too have a majority of conservatives are really just, I would say, originalists. Um, but on, on, on the corporate, even still, it's like they, they, uh, it's, it, can we trust that the, the, the court will do the right thing? I, you know, after, after the way they, they, they the how they didn't, the fact that they didn't rule on some of these election laws cases, um, you know, after after election happened, I, I I don't know. We can't trust the court anymore, e e even with the originalists on it now. Um, yeah, I mean, trust the Supreme Court at your own peril <laughs> if you're a conservative. I mean, you know, we're always one one vote away, right? As they say. 
Exactly. And it, it, it's, it's always why it, it's, you know, I, I do give Trump and McConnell a lot of credit for being on these judges through. But at the end of the day, it's like, firstly, it, they were able to get them through only because Harry Reid nukes the filibuster for presidential uh, appointments. And so McConnell just kind of followed Harry Reid's lead on that. But also, at the end of the day, it's like you can appoint all these judges, but there's so many examples throughout history where justices just flip on a dime. You know, I mean, we saw that happen with Roberts. Yeah. Um, and, and and even before that, you know, there was David Souter, Sandra Day O'Connor, then Harry Blackman, who was who wrote Roe v. Wade. You know, that, that was Nixon appointee. Um, so what happens is that with these lifetime appointments is that they start sort of getting they they start adopting a sort of D.C. mindset where it, where it becomes more about instead of doing what's right, instead of doing what the Constitution Instead of adhering to the Constitution, it's more about like, oh, what will the New York Times and Washington Post say about me? Or, oh, you know, how am I, am I still going to get those those D.C. cocktail party invites? Um, and, and so that's why you see these justices always flip on a dime. And that you can't, there needs to be real reforms to, 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 um, to, to, to the courts generally. And we're getting a little off topic here, but, uh, but until there's like actual structural reforms to how the courts operate, like we're, we we can't trust the judiciary. We just can't. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a hundred percent correct. Um, one more thing, because I do have to keep today's show a little bit shorter. One more thing I yeah. have to mention. I mean, we could do a, a ten part, a ten episode series on on the press's behavior the last week. But I do have before I let you go. Of course, we do have to mention the behavior of the press these last five days. I oh, mean, it's awful. I mean, it's like it's hilarious. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it is entertaining. It's just like. I mean, we know they're hacks. We know they're the propaganda wing of the the DNC, and and we know that you know, the next four years, it's we're essentially going to see like Chinese Communist Party style state run media. But like the press, the the funniest thing to me is the press. They're like bragging. They're openly bragging about how they won't actually be covering the Biden administration. <laughs> like it's amazing. It's like I've never heard people so many people make the case against their own employment. <laughs> it's like they're making the case to the American people that they do not need to exist. It's like just great stuff, just great stuff from our press. It's, it is, it, 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 and, and they don't hide their, they don't hide how they're simping for Biden either. I mean, no. but right before the inauguration, CNN was just like, wow, it all looks so inspiring. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like arms outstretched, you know, as, 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 as the plane landed or whatever. Um, it, it's just they don't. It's like they know that the, these next four years are just gonna be on vacation, because by the Democrats. So they're they're, they're just gonna, gonna repeat what they say, and the big stores are gonna be like, oh, what's Biden's favorite ice cream flavor? It's like, oh wow, like that's that's some real journalism right there. Um, so there's gonna be like, I, I, I it, it definitely underscores the need for alternative media sources, and there's been a right, and obviously we, we've seen. Sites like the Daily Wire, uh, the Daily Caller, the Blaze, and obviously there's Fox, et cetera, et cetera, you know, who, that have got have gotten more attention, you know, even during even during the Trump years. Um, and there's gonna and I think more and more people are going to turn out the media now. Then now that there's you know the media's not, not going to do their job, so you know there yeah we have people have to turn to these other alternative sources in order to like really understand what's going on over these, over these next four years. And so, you know, that's why people need to actively turn off the media 
and you know start start looking at other sites like the Daily Wire, like the Daily Caller, and and go to those for for good news because that's the only places you can really get it. Yeah, I mean that's a hundred percent correct. Um, it's just when it comes to the press, and you know me, like I'm I'm a lot less of an interventionist than you are, but it's like looking at. Biden sending thousands more troops, r- ramping up all these wars that no longer need to be happening in, in the Middle East. It's like, man, I wish we had a press corps. I wish we had a press corps. You know what I mean? Like, because you're going to see a lot of really messed up stuff coming out of the Middle East, man. Like the Obama administration, they bombed, just in Yemen alone, they bombed a wedding, killing an American citizen. They bombed a Doctors Without Borders hospital. <laughs> Okay, and also they refueled uh, uh, Saudi jets that bombed an elementary school. Okay, so it's like, you know, wedding, elementary school, uh, doctors about borders, hospital. That's just in Yemen. You know what I mean? And it's like it would be it would be great if we actually had a press corps that that covered things and actually held Democrats feet to the fire. But unfortunately, we just don't. We don't have that. And and unfortunately, when you're at war, you're talking about literal life and death. So. Um, it would be great. It would be great if the profession of journalism still existed, but unfortunately, it does not. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and to your point, like there was. Let's not forget how with Libya, you know, like where 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 he bought where you know they 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 killed Gaddafi. Hillary says like like we came, he saw, you know, like we went or or, or whatever that line was, and, yeah. and then and then and then they just kind of like left a vacuum there. Yeah. While leaving American diplomats there, they're in a, in, a, in a very dangerous situation without any sort of backup, and, and and that's how Benghazi happened. And you know, all these years later, we still don't know what happened that night. Like, we don't know what Hillary was doing. We don't know what Obama was doing, but nobody cares because the media doesn't. I mean, they you know they, they, when this when that scandal first broke out, they acted like no one did it. That's like Obama like, did nothing wrong, and you know, and now all, all these years later, it's just kind of forgotten. Imagine being um, a journalist. Imagine being a journalist, and your stated, your just your stated job description is just see no evil. <laughs> yeah, I, mean? I, like I just, can't. I mean, uh, being being in the press myself, I I, I can't even begin to imagine like yeah. having having that type of mandate. I just don't understand. I don't understand it. Me neither. Four years. It's been four long years of this, Aaron. Um, yeah, no kidding. Buckle up. So, all right, man, I'll let you go. Uh, I'm already over time, unfortunately. But um, where can everybody uh, follow you online and read your stuff and keep in touch, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can read my stuff at jewishjournal.com. Jewish Jewishjournal you can also follow me on Twitter at, at Family's Banter. Um, always writing stuff every day, covering the anti-Semitism into Israel beat. Um, you know, I've had some good stories recently and definitely some big stuff happening in the future. So, um, stay tuned. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. And definitely guys, please do follow Aaron on Twitter. He's working on something real big right now. So, uh, you're, you're going to want to, you're going to want to be informed as soon as that major story drops that Aaron's been working on for a while. So everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. (laughs) 